Hello and welcome back to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at events across the world of golf. Uh, I'm Tom Clark and I'm joined again this week by Elliot Heath. Hi Elliot. Hello Tom, thanks for having me again. No no probs, no probs, you did very well last week so let's let's try and do well again this week. Yep. Uh, thanks to everybody who listened last week, we had over a thousand uh, listens before we've uh, started recording this one so thanks a lot. As ever, if this is the first time you've... Uh, uh, found us do subscribe via your usual podcast provider uh, and also do check out the golf monthly um, social media channels on facebook instagram twitter youtube and our website of course uh, today what we're going to be doing today well we're going to be looking back at the sony open which happened in hawaii uh, previewing uh, the first european tour event of 2019 which is the abu dhabi hsbc championship uh, and also we'll be answering some of your questions. We put out a request on s social media for any questions that you wanted us to answer and we've got loads, haven't we? We've got a few, I wouldn't say loads, but yeah, enough. I was trying to be positive there yeah. earlier, but you know, yeah. We've got, um, so, so we've got some really good, uh, uh, yeah, good questions in from you which we'll be trying to provide some answers for. Uh, and also, it is, you'll be very happy to know, the return of the quiz with some much easier questions, hopefully. Hopefully. I think more simpler questions. There won't be 20 parts to each uh, um, each question this time. It'll just be a very simple answer. Can I go 2-0 up this week? We'll find out. Indeed, indeed. I cannot wait. So we're going to kick off with a look back at the Sony Open, uh, which happened in Hawaii on the PJ Tour. Uh, Matt Kuchar won his ninth PJ Tour title. Uh, he also won... Uh, in Mexico a couple of months beforehand so he's had a really good start to the 2019 season he's now won over 46 million dollars on the PJ Tour which is puts him on the 10th on the all-time list and he also joins Woods Mickelson uh, Vijay Singh and Jim Furyk with uh, 100 top 10s since 2001 which is a pretty decent effort isn't yeah, it? yeah he's just a top 10 machine isn't he but it's nice to see him winning again, which we hadn't seen for quite a long time before November. Yeah, so um, a little bit. Of a, let's have a little bit of a chat about Kucha. Uh, he obviously um, got very close to winning a major in 2017 when Spieth uh, went berserk at Birkdale. Um, berserk at Birkdale, I like that. Indeed, and um, and uh, I think a lot of people actually would have quite liked Kucha to to have won the Open. Do you think he's got a chance of winning a major still? Yeah, definitely. He's actually only 40 years old, which I thought he's, he'd be a little bit older than that by now because he's been, a, been around for plenty of years. Um, like you said about the Open, I was there in, at Birkdale. So, so was I. I was, I was there with you, yes. <laughs> I was with them, though, on the final group oh, after... Yeah. Were, you, were, you, were you were caddying for them or you were yeah, you the third, the third uh, player in a three-ball, were you? Or? I was just wandering around inside the ropes, you know, Indeed. like you do. Um, and I thought Kucha played so well that afternoon. Obviously, that was when Spieth had his driving range episode and kept Kuchar waiting in the middle of the fairway for 20 minutes. Um, well, Spieth went, so Spieth bogey that hole, the one where he had the big rules in Bogey 13, yeah. Well, with bogey 13, and I think at that point, Kuchar had gone a shot ahead. I think so, yeah. And then from that point, Spieth went eagle, no, no sorry, birdie. Nearly holding one on 14. Yeah, birdie birdie eagle or something like that didn't he it was 
He birdied 14, eagled the par 5 15, birdied 16, birdied 17. Yeah. Which is quite a... It's not a bad little run at uh, that point in a major, is it? No. And I, I think that Cooch had actually... I think Cooch had gone par, birdie, par, birdie himself. Yeah, Cooch had birdied both of the par 5s. Um, 17, I thought, was excellent. I had a good view on that one. Um, so he was two back at that point, and this yeah. was the point where he had. So he's to gone. Make he's gone one up. He's gone one shot clear in a major. Yep. With five holes to play, he's then birded two of the next four, and he found himself something like three shots back. Or something. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous, wasn't it? it really so he was, he was a bit unlucky. He just ran into Spieth in one of those incredible uh, runs that he that he has. Um, but he, I think that day, a lot of people actually thought, oh, Kucha, really nice guy, played really well, very unlucky. He'll have another chance, you know, along the line. He hasn't had since. But there's a bit of controversy which has come on the back Is uh, last, last, week, last week. So although he's now won now t- twice and, he, you know, everyone thought, oh, you know, he should be, he'd be really happy and everyone should be, you know, really happy for him. There's been a couple of interesting stories which have suddenly come out about him. So uh, when he won the Mayakoba Classic in Mexico, his usual caddy wasn't available. So he used a local caddy, and there's a story that has come out uh, this week that he only paid the caddy three thousand pounds for his week, uh, three thousand dollars, sorry for for his week's work, where he won, I think, something like one point three million or yeah, something. Yeah, that's correct. Um, now this is a bit of an interesting story because obviously it's not come from the Cooch camp. And we're not really sure where it's come from. Uh, it's come from a guy called Tom Gillis, who mm. lost to Jordan Spieth in a playoff at the John Deere a couple of years ago. That's that's basically what he did. He tweeted it out that he heard that Kucha only paid his caddy. Yeah, so this, yeah, he. I mean, we say it's come from him, but he's he's only again tweeting something that he's heard from yeah, some, that's someone true. else. So we don't really know the facts of the matter. I mean, Kucha said, "Oh, I didn't pay him." $3,000, I paid him more than that, but I didn't pay him 10%, which is what you would think a caddy would usually get. Uh, well, that's what caddies do usually get, um, 10% of whatever their player, player yeah, wins. They do say there's no smoke without fire, don't they? Indeed. Um, do we think it's a big big issue? Because we we put a part, the reason why we're talking about this is because we, we did a web post about this uh, yesterday, which was the Monday after Cooch had won, and... It went berserk. A lot yeah, of people uh, clicked on it and were interested in what was going on here. Well, before we'd even written the story, people were commenting on the the post about him winning and his post about the clubs he uses uh, about his caddy, and he only paid three grand to his caddy. Mm. So, no, see, and we don't, as I said, we don't actually know if that's true. But as I already mentioned, he's now tenth on the all-time list of money winners on the PGA Tour. Um, he's had a hundred top tens. I mean, he's he's earned a lot of money. Um, we don't know what was what, what was agreed with the, with the caddy beforehand and all this. And if anything has happened, where maybe he has slightly underpaid, maybe I'm hoping that Kucher, if he needs to, perhaps goes and sorts this all out. Um, yeah, there could be a check of a hundred grand in the post. Yeah, especially as he's now won one one again. Um, but then that wasn't the only issue that Kucha had because there's also this um, issue with um, with backstopping, which I don't know if everybody understands. So I'll do. Or did you want to give a, an explanation, or do you want me to do it? Uh, that's fine, I can. Uh, okay. So basically, backstopping is where a player leaves their ball quite near the hole instead of marking it, whilst a competitor is around the green. So 
you, they could essentially hit their chip too hard and stop their ball next to the hole using their playing partner's ball. Yeah. And this happened again in Mexico. Sorry. Um, in Hawaii. In Hawaii. Yeah, so um, Kuchar's playing partner, who I can't even remember. Who Andrew Putnam. There you go. Uh, he'd, he'd hit a nice chip, I think, to a, within an inch or so of the hole. Uh, and the Kuchar was playing from the other side, a bunker shot. Yeah. And so he had the hole, but then he also had uh, the ball right behind it. Now, some people are saying this, is a, this isn't really very fair because um, the rest of the field, if they were playing that bunker shot, wouldn't have had a golf ball there as a potentially uh, something which would have stopped the ball. So there's that angle. But the other angle is actually, oh, that's quite nice of his playing partner to do it because his playing partner's then help, trying to help out you know, the person who he's playing But his golf playing with. partner was in the lead at the time. Mm. So he wouldn't be doing that to help him out. I think it's just... Um, he's just completely forgot to do it or he's being naive. Really? Do you think that? Is it not that, that they were just saying, oh, you know, just leave it there and then I'll help you out? Because uh, if, you, if you're on the next hole, you could help me out. <laughs> Surely not. That wouldn't happen, would it? They're playing for hundreds of thousands. I, well, I don't know. Well, I don't, but there's no reason why he would have left the ball there. If anything, he would have gone and marked it. Or he could have just tapped it in. You don't have to take the flag out anymore. No, that's you, what the commentators were saying. I know Frank Nobolo described it as crazy. Um because it was he he put it to that it was about an inch, wasn't it? it, it yeah, was, it was it was no distance. Even you could that. That, that was it. You've, you've nicked my joke there, but um, you know you you know you, one of your drives would have been enough distance for you if I'm oh, trying to take the mickey out of you. Um, here's what Jimmy Walker said last year because this is what when backstopping really came to the fore. He said, "If you don't like a guy, you will mark anyway." If you like the guy, you might leave it to help on a shot. Yeah, so that's exactly what my, my point was. Saying he that got a lot of trouble. Got, yeah. got in a bit of trouble for that. Yeah, but if you, well, I know exactly. But that's exactly what I'm saying. If you're playing with a playing partner who you're playing a nice round of golf with, um, you know, you're in there, you know, you actually, you know, I'll, I'll maybe help him out here. Um, no, you should run up and tap that in. You should, well, I don't think you need to run. Just, just walk take a up, brisk walk. Take a brisk walk and do a commercial break or something. Um, I say it's one of those. Un, it's like an unwritten rule, isn't it? It's like the spirit of the game. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I'm interested to know what everyone else thinks about it, really, because it didn't. It didn't actually affect anything in the end, did it? Because he didn't hit no. his ball. I he had a reasonably nice bunker shot. Yeah, it came up a bit short. Cup, cam- but yeah, do you, just having a think. Do we do this at club level? I. I mean, I, I wish I was good enough to think, oh, I'm <laughs> having the golf ball next to, to the hole is actually going to help my bunker shots. Yeah, I don't really think this is a massive issue at club level. But then again, if it happens in the monthly medal or the club championship, then you are gaining an advantage. Yeah, that's true. And, I, yeah, I don't know. I think you would just knock, knock it in. Yeah. For my, I think some people might not actually even like that the, the ball's near the hole as well. There might be something else to distract them or something like that. I'm sure that would be an excuse by... By good enough players, but um, so Kuchar, not even though he won, which we thought, oh, he's had a great week, but he's actually been involved in a few interesting controversies, and it'd be interesting to know if he if it, um, he's not playing this way. I don't think he's he's not playing. No. This way. So next time he does play, whether he'll get asked about both both things and whether he'll clear it up. Yeah, uh, whatever tournament he plays in next, the first question at the press conference will be: So, uh, did you pay your caddy a hundred grand? Indeed. Well, we may, well, maybe you can do that one then. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think the only other thing that we wanted to talk about the Sony Open was just Jordan Spieth back playing. Everyone thought, you know, he had a bad 2018. He's probably going to try and get off to a, a good start. Didn't happen. Missed the cut. 
No, he was 12 back after the first round. And then he had a good second round, but still missed the cut. He's going to drop to 20th in the world this week. Yeah, so outside, yeah. So just hanging on to the world's top 20 there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, this form, I'm sure it will turn around at one point, as we've already mentioned about when he won the Open at Birkdale. He is uh, capable of not playing very well, but then going on these incredible incredible runs. So um, we'll see how it goes. But we're looking at, you were looking at his stats compared to... His 2018 stats compared to his 2017 yes, stats, weren't you? Yes, uh, it was not just his putting that was down last year, as you could probably imagine. Um, I think he went from first to mid-30s in approach the green as well. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? This was... It doesn't really mean much, does it? A, a miscut that's only open. But no, but he, he, I know he, he, it doesn't, but he'll, he still would have wanted to get off to a, a, good, a good start. I know, I know there's plenty of nice things to do in Hawaii if you do... <laughs> Have the weekend yeah. off, but well, um, we've seen what his uh, kayaking skills are indeed, like. which are not great. Maybe he needs to practice that. But um, so there was a the, the other tournament. Uh, so there was no there was no um, event on the European tour last weekend, but there was another event that we were just going to have a quick chat about, and that was uh, on uh, the ladies European tour where Charlie Hull uh, won. She won wire to wire, so which was a fantastic effort from the English lady. Um, she beat Norway's Marianne Skarpnord by one. Have I said that correct? I think that's right, yeah. She made a lovely sandy par on the last to save her par and the victory. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, a, great start a, to the year. Her third professional win. And she's still only 22, which is incredible, yeah, that isn't is incredible. it? incredible. Actually, you actually think that like she's been, you know, been around and on TV quite a lot, actually. And she's must be one of the most successful... 22-year-old sports people that we actually have in the country. Do you, think, yeah, so she's, do you think that she's known enough about? Do you think people will know she is? Who, are people who maybe not just concentrate on golf like us? Uh, no, probably not. But obviously Georgia Hall did great things for the women's game in England and Britain last year. So, yeah, hopefully. I mean, we've got the Solheim Cup this year, which will be big uh, at Glen Eagles. Um, and Georgia was very lucky. She, did, I mean, players. she didn't really get recognised by, say, the sports personality of the year. We, we were a bit upset that she, she didn't really get nominated. And not only that, on the evening, they only gave her about ten seconds of coverage, didn't, uh, didn't, didn't they? Well, you know, when she's actually won a major and a, you know, the the women's open. Um, yeah, it's tough for these European girls and the British girls. Um, like, there aren't really many LET tournaments, are there? So unless you are world class which Hull and Hull are mm. and they can play on the LPGA there aren't really many opportunities in Europe yeah it, it is a big shame but um, fantastic news that she she got her season off to well the perfect start and hopefully she'll have a really really decent year and um, maybe challenge for the majors and, and uh, very much be part of the Solheim Cup um, so looking ahead now we have mentioned that the European Tour um, really kicks off this year uh, kicks off this week um, with the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship. It really does feel like finally we've got Christmas out of the way, all of that stuff. We've got a proper start to the golf season starts this week. And a note, it starts on a Wednesday this this year because of the football which is being held. The Asian Cup is being hosted in the UAE. So we're not really sure what the clash is, but they're playing Wednesday to, to Saturday the, this year. Um, it's also a Rolex Series event for the first time. And what does that mean, Elliot? 
That means that it is one of the eight Rolex Series events across the year on the European Tour where there's an inflated purse. So this week, the prize money is $7 million. I'm not sure what the first check is. It'll be uh, enough. Yeah. It'll be enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of money. So what it may, mainly means is it's more money. And that's shown by who's then playing. So Fleetwood obviously won the last two years. So he's going for a three-peat. I said I was going to get three-peat into the podcast. <laughs> I've done it. But also DJ's playing. And Kupka's playing as well. So a really uh, strong field. Uh, uh, you know, that's without mentioning other big names like Stenson and stuff like that. So um, it's going to be, I think, a, a really decent start to the European Tour year. Um, and it's a shame we haven't got a few more big names in there. Is there anyone that you think that we wish were there? Uh, well, yeah, Rory's played in it quite a bit recently, but we spoke about him last week. He's starting his season in America. Um, a couple of big names from the European Ryder Cup team. Well, actually, four names. We've got two over in Singapore, and then we've got two in California. So, yeah, we're all a little bit split up this week, but I think yeah, this so ju- is so the Justin Rose tournament. is Justin Rose is playing in California at the Desert Classic, which we'll come on to in a bit. Um, but I mean, it would have been nice for everyone to be on the you know the start of the European tour, especially as obviously it's, it's Dubai Desert Classic next week, which is just down the road. So it's actually quite a, an easy couple of weeks. You know, there's not a huge amount of travel to be done. And then Saudi the week after. Indeed. Um, it's worth noting this is the biggest event of the week in terms of prize money. So yeah, Saturday afternoon viewing it should be great. Yeah, absolutely. Saturday afternoon. You can watch it whilst maybe listening to the football scores come in or something like that. <laughs> if that's what you want. Yeah. Anyway, so betting tips wise. So yeah, last you back in this week. Well, last week, first, let's just chat about last week where we only had one event. I picked, as mentioned on the podcast, Charles Howell third, and he finished eighth. So depending on your bookmaker and depending how much they were paying out for it each way, you may have got a little bit of money, you may not. Um, so this week for the Abu Dhabi Championship, as, as ever, I'm going to give you two picks and then there will be two extra picks on the betting tips if you look on the Golf Monthly website. So I am going with Henrik Stenson, who Elliot said is going to miss the Ryder Cup last week. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, that's a great shout, actually. Yeah, so Stenson, he's uh, six top tens in the event over the years, including two runner-up finishes. Uh, in his last three uh, tournament starts, he's finished 12th, fourth and fourth so he seems to be playing pretty well uh, as well he is actually at his worst world ranking since 2012 I think he's in the 27th or something like that but he obviously had that elbow injury last year um, and had a great Ryder Cup yeah so Stenson I really like that he does play very well in the desert as well and then the next one slightly left field oh I've just seen it very left field very left field but Martin Kamer he is actually 50. So, so Stenson's 25. You can get him about 25 to 1. Kamer, you now get him at about 50 to 1. Um, he's now outside the world's top 150. Can you believe it? Um, but he has won on this course three times. He's also had four other top 10s, and one of them was a second, and one of them was a third when he was about eight shots clear with about nine holes to play. So... If there's ever a course that he is going to do well on, it's going to be this one. And at 50 to 1, you know, it's pretty decent odds. I know it is a little bit, little bit left field and he's not in the best of form, but he had a top 10 a couple of weeks ago, actually. So 33 to 1. Th- no, that, that, those odds have changed, Elliot. Oh, those have they? Have, yes, yes. No, no, sorry. Don't look at my notes. Um, um, yeah, I say left field, but obviously he has won three times there. 
but yeah, last year was a very bad year for him. It, it was, but hopefully let's let's be positive. Twenty nineteen. I mean, can you, if he starts playing well, I think it's good for golf because he is a particularly good player. You want all the best players. You know, he's also obviously a former world number one. You want all the best players to be playing well and to all be competing, don't we? So we do hope that his game is in a little better order than it was for most of 2018. Yeah, really. It hasn't been the same since that uh, throwaway. Uh, was that in 2015 when Gary Starr won? Yeah. He was either eight or ten clear. And I, don't I know, and I, and I tipped him that week as well, so I wasn't particularly happy. I don't think I'd stopped watching, actually. I, don't, I think I missed the collapse. Do you know, we've got... An article on the Golf Monthly website this week on players on big wind droughts. Yes, and I, I saw it. You, you sent it over to me. Um, yeah, Kaima's last win was at the 2014 US Open. Yeah, which isn't a bad no, last, not last win, is it? I mean, I wish my last win was the US Open. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a win. But um, Yeah, when was your last golf win? Many, many years ago, I think. So, um, so the European Tour, that's, that's Ben Tips for the European Tour. We'll come on to the PJ Tour in a little while. But we're just going to chat a little bit about... Uh, the 2019 European Tour schedule and it is obviously a little bit different to what we've seen in previous years um, firstly the majors have obviously swapped around so the Masters is in April uh, the PJs in May the US Open is in June as it always is and then the final major is going to be the Open Championship in July um, but then there's also a few other things uh, flipped around the British Masters was, which was in October is now in May uh, the BMW PJ Championship which was in May, is now in September. So uh, there has been a, f- a few different changes. Do you think it's a better schedule now? Are you looking forward to it a bit better? Or you think, oh, it's, it's, it looks a bit nice, a bit spread out? Or do you think, actually, no, I, I liked how it was? It was obviously better how it was. Um, but for the top world... Do you think it was? Yeah, for the top world-class players now... Their season is May to August, and then they might throw in some European Tour events after. I think the events after the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup playoffs will be quite good. Like We've got Wentworth, Italian Open, and the final series are all out on their own, um, as Rolex Series events as well. Yeah, and I think that the thing with Wentworth is that everyone who, as you probably were, about five years old when when the match play was at Wentworth but people used to really love that end of season kind of autumn kind of time of year Wentworth was in really good condition at that point because it had a whole summer of growth and the people loved Wentworth and the, and that's one of the reasons why people keep on going back to, to watch the events there since they had the PGA Championship in, in May it never seemed to quite be ready it was either too wet or it hadn't really grown up as much because you know May in England is still pretty cold isn't it so I think actually having the PGA at, at a later time after the Open is actually going to be something that's actually going to be really nice for people um, I, the thing which I'm excited about is the Open the Open I think is always one of the most exciting tournaments and now it's going to be the last major the last chance for people to actually to win a major in a year I think it's going to have it that's just going to be amped up even more so I'm quite excited by the by the new schedule, and I think it, it looks a bit it looks a bit better spread out. Yeah, I think it's great for fans. Like going back to Wentworth, we are obviously used to seeing the rhododendrons out, the sort of like Augusta azalea type plants, and this time we're going to see the heather, which should look really really nice. 
Um, obviously, well, I think Monty Don's just walked in. <laughs> so he, yeah, he does gardening well. If you don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um, do you enjoy gardening, Tom? I, d- I do. I've got a lovely garden now. So yeah, yeah. yeah I've turned into a bit of a gardener myself. Oh nice. Um, how <laughs> how fast is your your lawn? What's it rolling the stem? Oh, Not particularly quick at this time. <laughs> no. Yeah. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah, it needs a bit of a cut as well. But um, the British Masters at Hillside this year, which is an incredible golf course. But sorry to be Go quite on. down. Um, it has no. You're, spon- you're, you usually are. So why change? Um, it has no sponsor at the moment, and it's also the week before the PGA Championship. So maybe the field might not be that strong. Which would be a shame because I don't know how many people out there would have played Hillside or even know about much about the Hillside course uh, when it was um, our centenary as a magazine in 2011. Uh, we actually had a big um, centenary uh, day there and dinner where all the clubs who celebrated their centenary in the same year were all invited along. And Hill- Hillside were one of those clubs. That's why, why we hosted it there. Uh, and I played there and it was a joy to play. It was one of my favourite courses to have played. Although it is quite linksy, it has all these different kind of holes and um, you, you're never really sure what... You know, there's not all holes the same. They've got trees around it, which, again, you wouldn't actually be, um, expect a Lynx course. And it's just really good fun. That's the, It's one of those courses where you can have really good fun. You can score quite well. Even I scored. I, I had a chipping birdie at one point, which <laughs> wow. is a rarity. And, um, no, it's really good. Lovely clubhouse as well. Really one of my favourite clubhouses. A really nice bar in there as well. So um, I do hope that they're well supported. I'm sure Tommy Fleetwood will do a incredible job um, to promote the event you would probably think Francesco Bolognari would be playing as well you then. would think so yes he's probably on speed dial yep. number one or whatever so um, I, I, I'm hopeful that you know that they'll, they'll have some they'll have a decent field there and it's another it's at least although we've lost Wentworth it does mean that there is another event in England it's also in a part of the country which doesn't always get um and a pro event every year. Obviously, they have got plenty of open venues in that area, but they don't get that every year. So I'm sure the guys from that, that area of the country are going to be flooding to, to Hillside to, to watch some really some great golf. Yeah, it's great to see another top-quality English course on the European Tour Rota. Like we've had Woburn recently. Walton Heath last year was great. The Grove as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's good to see it touring the country. And the fact that it's even back because there was quite a bit of rumours and controversy that it might not even be returning. Yeah, so it's, it, it, it is good that it's still on schedule and you know, it's a lot of uh, the Englishmen, especially up, in the, up in, the, in the north, they'll be flooding along to, to support and being as vocal as ever, I'm sure. So moving on, we're going to look on the PJ Tour where they're now um, uh, on their West Coast swing, so they're playing all around California. It does mean that it's slightly late finishes, for for me, to be honest with uh, you. it's earlier than Hawaii though. It is. Well, that's that okay. Was that's a posi- that was a positive. That was a positive. Well done, Elia. Uh, yeah, I went to watch the golf on Sunday, and Sky's coverage didn't start till eleven thirty p.m. <laughs> it was quite late, wasn't it? So um, it's a little bit early. You'll be able to watch a bit a bit of the golf. It will be quite late finishes still, but they're playing uh, kind of in the around the La, La Quinta area of California. They play over three different courses. Um, and it's usually a complete shootout. Uh, it's birdie fest. You know, you've got to shoot at least four under 
almost every every round, which does get a little boring and it is a little bit different. But um, it's also you know sometimes quite nice to see the, the pros getting out to, um, and and scoring low. Uh, last year John Rahm won, and he's in the field again this year. He won uh, in a playoff against Andrew Landry, uh, and also some pretty big names. Phil Mickelson's playing. Charles Howe III is playing again. And the world number one. And the world number one, Justin Rose. Yeah. With his new Honda clubs. Indeed. It's a bit, do you think it's a bit strange that Rose is playing in this event? I don't think he's played in it before. No, sure. that is actually strange because it's not the biggest event on the PGA Tour. And like I said earlier, it, its prize money is less than in Abu Dhabi. And I think Rose is playing in Saudi as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I know that um, we, ha- we ran a story last week on the website about Ian Poulter nearly coming up uh, nearly getting into trouble because oh, he yeah. hadn't played in a new event last year and he apologised a lot and I think he bought a lot of some people a lot, a lot of wine or something and he managed to get away with it yeah he promised to play at the Wyndham and then took some Wyndham people yeah. back to his uh, car museum in his house that's one way of apologising isn't it um, but, uh, so maybe Justin Rose is thinking oh you know what I'll just get this one out the way early doors um, I th- it is a spectacular place to play golf. It's in yeah. the mountains around the area, and the courses are are, are nice to look at. But it, they are particularly easy for the pros because they can just smack it anywhere. And yeah, if you don't remember it, it's I think it's PGA West is the main one, isn't it? And it's got that seventeenth hole that's like an island green. Yeah. With all the rocks around it. Yeah, yeah. So um, no, you should. It's it's not it's not my least favourite uh, event of the year at all. I, I quite like watching it, and you usually see who's in good form uh, going into the year. Um, former winners, Bill Hass has won it twice. I think he won it the year that he won, went on to win the Tour Championship. Right. So, uh, and some other, some I think Bubba's done quite well there in the past. I think Kuchar's done quite well there in the past as well. So. I'm not sure if Duffner won it, but I remember him playing out of the rocks on that 17th hole. Yeah, um, yeah it's a really good tournament. Yeah. So going on to that, uh, betting tips for... The Desert Classic, which I haven't mentioned the name. It is a bit of a confusing name. Yeah. So this is the 60th running of this event, but it's had a lot of different names. Uh, and calling it the Desert Classic the week before the Dubai Desert Classic, I'll be honest with you, I got a bit confused. <laughs> yeah, so this was the Career Builder Challenge last yeah. year. And it has been known as many different things before that as well. Yeah. Uh, let me guess, are you going for Charles Howell III? This I week? am going oh. for Charles Howell III. It is the time of year to bet on Charles Howell III because he is so consistent this time of year. He loves playing on this, on these uh, events and these on these courses. He has got some incredible stats. Uh, I think he's played in it something like 17 times. He's made the cut 17 times, something like that. Um, but he had another top 10 last week. He's now, I think the last three or four events he's finished top 10 every every week, including having a win. Um, he's had a couple of runners-ups at finishes over there, and I just think that he's going to do well again. He's also pretty decent odds. He's 25 to 1. So you can get uh, some each-way money on him as well if he does finish in the top five or whatever your bookies pay out on. And the reason why he's 25 to 1 is because of Ram being there and Rose being there. Um, did you have a look at Andrew Putnam last week's runner-up? I did. What I decided he? against him. He's he's a, he's I think similar-ish odds. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, he's one that's been t- touted a lot uh, by a few um, 
by the, if you look on the power rankings on the pjtour.com, they've uh, picked him as one of the ones to really look out for. So, but he's not one of the ones I'll go for. So the other guy I'm going for is Scott Piercy. Slightly different, but he was eighth in this event last year. Um, didn't have an incredible record before that. Uh, but he's had three top tens in his last five starts. And he lives in Vegas and he plays a lot of desert golf. And I think that's the conditions and the and the course setup should should mean that he's um, he's going to be up there this year uh, this week. He's forty to one as well, so decent odds there. Nice. I have picked two other people, which I'm not going to say who they are, oh. although you can see because um, it's written on a bit of paper in front of you. Um, but do go to the golf uh, monthly website or Google golf betting tips, and you'll be able to uh, to find them out. Oh, good luck with those. Indeed. There is another event, which I haven't done any betting tips on. I'm going to put the, hold my hands up to that straight away. And that's the Singapore Open as well. And that's got Sergio Garcia, Paul Casey and Matthew Fitzpatrick playing there. Yep. Uh, Sergio Garcia defends the title he won last year. So again, we've got two of the Ryder Cup team there. Uh, and there's another big name in the field as well. We've got Davis Love the Third is playing. Um, he's going to try and qualify for the Open this week at... Um, at 54 years of age, he's turning 55 in April. He's still going to play a full PGA Tour schedule this year. So. He's, a, he's got class. an incredible swing, class player, isn't he? So he can still, he can still, he can still golf his ball, can't he? Yeah, he finished seventh last week at Sony at 16 under par. So yeah, which is good on him. Uh, we haven't got a preview or anything like that with Singapore Open, but if one of those big names do win, win or do very well, then we are obviously will be chatting about it on next week's podcast. Yeah. Um, oh, also worth noting that is at Sentosa Golf Club in Singapore, which looks absolutely beautiful. Yeah, so it's one for my bucket list. Indeed, there'll be some decent photos around. It's also where um, Donald Trump and Kim Jong Un met recently. Well, there you go. Did they play golf? They didn't do that. I don't think so. No. Um, Kim Jong's too good for that. Indeed. Moving on now, we're going to, as mentioned last week, where there was a lot of gear launches new equipment launches and there was lots of new stories about pros playing with new uh, equipment and changing contracts and the like and in the past week there's been even more stuff happened isn't there Elliot yeah there's a little bit going out on tour not so many gear releases obviously we had the M5 M6 drivers and the epic flash from Callaway last week I said I'm interested to see what irons Tommy Fleetwood has this you did year. I remember that and he's changed he has he's got tailor made P7TW irons. Now, they're prototypes. We haven't heard anything about them. But what does the TW stand well, for? Well, I, I know one golfer whose initials are TW. Yes, yeah, so that's very interesting. He's also put the new TaylorMade M6 driver in the bag. He does still have his Callaway wedges, though, so it doesn't look like he'll be signing a deal just yet. Yeah, and any, anybody else? Uh, Brooks Kepka played Mizuno JPX 900 Tour irons in all of his major wins. He's upgraded those to the JPX 919 Tour. So not a massive change. And again, it shows he's going to stay a free agent, I yeah. think. And the free agents obviously won all four majors yeah. last year. No one who was tied down to a contract won a major. So if it's working for these players, I don't know why they, they would change. But obviously if they've been seeing some of these new irons and they love them and they've hit them, hit them nicely, they're going to put them straight in, aren't they? So Yeah, I said like they're massive commercial names now, aren't they? So... I'm a little bit surprised they haven't signed with a, a company yet because they can definitely command a lot Still of money. Still time. Yeah. Still time. Um, so we had the Cobra King F9 Speedback Drive review go up on the website last week. 
Joel Tadman, the equipment editor, said it was up there with any driver he's ever hit before. And it's only, I say, he, only. Needs, he needs help with his driving. <laughs> does he? Does. He does, yeah. He's, he, he backs himself, but then sprays it left, right, and centre. So if, if he's been impressed with it, then that probably must be quite <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's only £349 as well. Lovely. So it's not up there at that premium. The really, high end. really premium, yeah. Yeah. So great performance at a lower price. And then new Strix and Z Star golf balls were revealed yesterday. So we got a story on that on the website and then should be more coming up next week. Yes, yeah, so next we're talking of next week. It's a good segue. Um, yeah. I'm lucky enough to be flying off to Orlando on Saturday for the PJ Merchandise show where there'll be a lot more releases out there and also it's a chance, first chance for some of us to, to see some of the new product. Um, and there should be loads of exciting stuff. Uh, so next week, unfortunately, Elliot won't be on the podcast. That's a shame, isn't it? But I'll be uh, out there with some of the other guys. I'm not sure who's exactly going to be on there with me yet, but we'll be talking about all the new releases that we've seen and been hitting. Not me hitting, because what do I know about golf clubs? But some of the guys who are particularly good golfers will be out there telling you what they've really excited about and what they've been impressed with um, at the merchandise show in Orlando. So that should be really exciting. Uh, And loads more gear chat then. Right, so now we're going to move on to um, social media questions. So Elliot actually posted uh, on Facebook and our Twitter accounts uh, for any questions that you'd like us to answer on the podcast. So this is going to be something that we're going to try and do pretty much every week. It means it gives you guys a chance to make sure that we cover uh, the hot topics um, happening in golf uh, in the following week. So Elliot... What we got? What questions we had in? I've got one from Facebook from David Appleyard who asks us. Hello, David. Hello, David. Uh, are clubs getting too expensive? Five hundred pound for a new driver? Question mark. Are manufacturers out of touch with amateur golf? Um, you've thrown that one at me uh, straight away, haven't you? Um, this is a question we get asked a lot about, and we get a lot of comments on social media about. I mean, five hundred pounds is a lot of money, isn't it? Uh, let's face it, for anything. So. Um, why why is it so expensive and why has the price gone up? I think the manufacturers have um, got a, a relevant reason for this and that is really the um, the quality of the materials that is now being used and the amount of design work that is happening with these clubs um, obviously has pushed the price up. It's just if you if you buy anything if you if you're buying a, a wedding ring it's the um, however precious the, the metal is it's going to be uh, uh, the price is going to go up so that, that's that's one reason and then I think there's also another reason about the the buying experience that people have and and the buying tactics that people have to have for their new clubs so if you take example smartphones as an example if you buy the if the latest smartphone you don't then go and buy the, the next new one which comes out maybe next year or two years in, uh, later on you you wait a time until you've saved up the money um, because the technology is going to be reasonably similar um, and you know that actually you're not really missing out so much and that's very similar with golf clubs manufacturers do not expect you to buy every new driver that comes out they'd love it if you did but they also are realistic um, but they do want to just make sure that every couple of years or whenever it is that you buy a new driver that uh there is the best product on the market for you. So if you think about it in that way, uh, it makes you know it, it still is a lot of money, but you're just 
whatever you're buying is actually going to be the best quality at that time and um, it's going to be the best thing for your game. Does that work for you, Elliot? Yeah. Would you, you, would you add anything else to that? You've explained it very well. When you talk about quality and craftsmanship, not a word you mentioned, but I didn't. That's but that, that's, yeah, no, that, that's a good one. At. I played with a golfer at the weekend who almost missed the ball. Mm. They were using a driver that had a twisted face on it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you could see after he hit the ball that on the face there was only half the ball on it. It had quite a fairly big hook, but it was still in play. And I was just thinking, if this was 10 years ago, he would have lost his ball. Yeah. It would have been 20, 30 yards further left than that. So what's, what what next question we got? Right, I'm on Twitter be, be now. Nice, be nice, be nice. We've got who's this? Be, who's this? Who's written in here? This is at Soph Walks, Sophie Walker, who's an LET golfer. Oh yes. She says, "What we're going to do on Sunday without golf?" Hashtag uh, Wednesday start. Indeed. So she's obviously talking about the uh, Abu Dhabi Championship starting on Wednesday and worries about you know Sunday afternoon. Is there going to be any golf tour? Well, we do actually have some other golf on, of course. We have the PJ Tour stuff, as we've already mentioned, in California. But it might, although she's got on the negative view there, I said, what are we going to do about no golf on Sunday? I'm thinking, actually, we've got an extra day of golf to watch. We've got the Wednesday golf. Yeah, true. So we've got Wednesday through to Sunday this week where we can pl watch plenty of golf. So I'd say to her, positive, glass half full. Yeah, actually, it's an extra day of golf to enjoy. And it means you can play golf on Sunday without missing any golf. That's a, that is also And then come point. back and watch the PGA Tour. Good points. We've answered that question well. All right, uh, next question from Joss Powick on Facebook again. Hi, Joss. Hi, Joss. Who says, why aren't there more artisan memberships available? Surely a win-win situation. Uh, that's a cracking question. That um, is a good question. So artisan membership, should we explain what an artisan membership is for people who don't know? Yep. So artisan uh, members are people who are, are members of a golf club, but they pay uh, a much lower rate. But instead of paying money, they kind of help out with jobs around the course. So they will fill in divots, they collect um, cuttings and stuff like this, and do just work around the course. And by doing that, they get to pay a lower membership price, and they get to, um, to get to play the course. And they, some of them have... Um, their own clubhouses and stuff like this, don't they? So Yeah, they're often at very grand clubs as well. Like There's quite a lot around here, like Sunningdale, Burr Hill, Walton Heath might have an artisan section as well. Um, yeah, so you don't get full access to the course, mm. but then again, you get really cheap rates to... So do you think there courses. should be more artisan memberships available? It depends, doesn't it? If there's room, if there are enough tea times, then definitely, because surely a course that has artisans will be in much better condition. And it takes a lot of stress off greenkeepers. Yeah. If you have people constantly divoting, raking bunkers and helping out. Yeah, and actually, it, in the time that we live, where actually a lot of clubs are struggling with memberships, um, actually it could, could help the clubs pick up some members and then also get what is really cheaper labour as well so actually I think there'd be a lot of clubs who perhaps should look at maybe having an artisan section put in because uh, they do do a lot of good I haven't I've never heard of a club having an artisan section where they've got issues with the artisan section no um, I think we did I think we did a feature in the mag not uh, a few years ago it might even be online so um, no I think that's a really good question actually and um, I think that's something it'd be great to hear if there's any clubs out there or 
um, or any members of clubs with people that, who have just started artisan membership, um, let us know. Yeah, if you're an artisan, let us know. Um, right, another question on Facebook from Ashley James. Are golf memberships excluding the younger generation? Should clubs do more to involve juniors? I th- well, I think you should ask answer this one, Elliot. You're younger than, than me. So, I'm a member of a golf club and every Saturday there is an extensive junior coaching session. They basically take over our small driving range and shipping area and it's brilliant. Um, a lot of the older members have their kids come down and play, I think it's like two to four pound each week, which is nothing really. Mm. And yeah, it's just building the love for the game, so that's really good. And I, I have another positive story, which is my, uh, the golf club which my brother is a member at, which is just down the road from where I live, uh, Romford Golf Club. Um, they have a really good academy section and they even have an academy captain and they had an academy captain drive-in the, just the other week and uh, he came dressed in plus fours. He must have only been 14 or 15, this kid. Nice. And they have a really good. They the whole membership's there, and you can tell that it's a it's very much part of the club. So there's a couple of positive stories. I mean, I know there is also other people who think that actually the juniors get a bit ignored, and they um, they don't get the tea times. They're sometimes allowed. They're not allowed to play in some of the competitions um, because obviously some of the juniors do um, improve very quickly. Um, so it, it is a tricky one. I think it's just from club to club, and if you are a junior member or perhaps you're trying to get your son or daughter into golf we say look round because there is some positive stories out there um, but just look round and, and, and talk to the members that are there and you'll, I think you'll soon find out how um, how juniors are thought of at each club Do you want another question? Last, last question I think before we move on to the quiz and that is from James Adkin and this is on Twitter New flag rule People don't like change, so will it really be adopted outside of the Pro Tours? The argument to reduce footfall around the cup should mean it becomes compulsory when winter rules starts, perhaps. So this is obviously talking about the new uh, rules of golf, that you don't have to take the flag out now when you're putting um, to hold a putt. It's no longer a penalty. Um, did you? I know you played a couple of weeks ago with the flag. Uh, did you play last weekend? Yeah, I've, <laughs> I'm very for it. I like it. I also like James's point there about reducing footfall around the hole because really I don't think I've seen a cup sorry a flag that's been attended this year yeah which probably does help a I mean people bit. are still going to have to get to the hole to get their ball yeah but I understand you won't you, you won't have the maybe they'll just reach in get their ball and go and as long as stand next as long as we don't have people in like a four ball where you say oh I'd like it in and then another person said oh no I'd like it out because actually that will increase footfall around the hole perhaps Uh, so what's he said will it really be adopted outside of the pro tours I think so I've seen that already and you say people don't like change but people will eventually get used to it I think so I think so it's still very very early days we haven't it hasn't been a month yet has it and I mean, it's, it's the one rule that we knew there was going to be a lot of chat about, and there still is. But um, it'd be interesting, I think, when the, the golf season really kicks off, especially over here in the UK. I think we'll wait till the summer, and then we'll soon find out when everyone's really playing uh, a lot of golf. Do you know, if Bryson DeChambeau has a good year, we could potentially see a putt to win a major with a flag stick in. It's going to be weird, isn't it? That would be weird. Um, Adam Scott said if he had a six-footer to win the Masters, he'd keep the flag in. 
So he's doing it on every. Is time. he going to have another six footer to win the Masters this year? Well, initially you'd laugh at that, but then he did come third at the PGA. I'm not, I'm not laughing. He's he's won the Masters. He, I, yeah, you know, like remains to be well. seen. Just a it? question. Just a question. Okay, some great questions there. Thanks for sending them in. Uh, so moving on, finally, it's time for our quiz, which again has been written by Sam. Thank you, Sam. Uh, I'm hoping that the questions are a bit better than last week where we needed about two hours to answer each question. But I've been told they're much shorter and we should be able to do it quite quickly. So uh, it's me versus Elliot. There's ten questions. Do play along as well. Remember that I am um, 1-0 up from last yes, week. Yes, you are 1-0 well. I knew you would mention that. So straight away, here we go. Right, question one. Oh, this is already looks a bit easier. Oh, Who yeah. won at the 2018 Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship? Ah. There we go, write it down. Question two, who has won the most Abu Dhabi Golf Championships? Right, I think... I think I've got that. Um, I know someone who's won it multiple times, so... Uh, yeah. Question three. In what year was the first Abu Dhabi Golf Championship? Mm, that's a bit trickier. I'm going to have to guess that one, I think. Okay, uh, yeah, I will as well. Question four, do you want to say? Question four, makers of flushable wipes... <laughs> For adults, what is the name of the brand Jason Duffner has just signed with? Uh, yes, this is an interesting one. Um, did you see that story this I week? I did. I can't remember. Can I remember what they're called? I think there were two name brands. I know one of the names. I like. think they are for men as opposed to women as well, not just yes. adults. By the, yes, the um, name gives away. I think they could be used by women, but let's not probably go there. Uh, <laughs> question five. Stuart Sinks just signed with Ping. Can you tell me what year he won the Open Championship? Now, I know this one. That's my, the first Open I went to. Was it? Yep. It was a cracking week. Obviously, Tom Watson very nearly made history. Uh, but yes, it was fantastic at Turnbury. So, um, yeah, really good. I know this one. Do you know it? Uh, I do, yes. Yes, that's a shame. Were you there for Tom's three-part in the last? Uh, yes. I, oh. I saw it. I was actually st- I was standing next to his wife. Really? Yeah. So, um, claim to fame, that not really. <laughs> There's an awful lot of people around, but, um, uh, right. Moving on, question six. Go on, you say, right? Matt Kuchar won the Sony Open last week. How many PGA Tour titles has he won? Oh, we mentioned this earlier, so I think I can remember it. Yeah, if you don't remember this one, just rewind to the start. Yeah, uh, question seven. Mm, I don't think I know this. Who is the current leader of the FedEx Cup? got an idea I'll never have a guess okay uh, number 8 Padre Harrington was recently named European Ryder Cup captain for 2020 but can you tell me where the event is being held yes I yes, know another I know one this is a much well. better quiz than last week I actually know some of the answers um, question 9 how many victorious Ryder Cup teams has Harrington been part of as a player I'm going to need to have an educated guess here. Yeah, I know that one. I reckon I'll be at least within what you know it. Straight, definitely. Yeah, I've, I've written story, a lot of stories about him lately. Uh, that's okay. Well, I'll please. give you a clue. No, no, no I don't want a clue. No. I don't want a clue because if I win, then you okay. know, it's sour. It's All right. Uh, final question. Charlie Hole won the Fatima bint Mubarak Ladies Open in Abu Dhabi this week to win her second Ladies European Tour title. In what year did the 22-year-old win her first? I'm going to have to right. guess. That's difficult. It can't have been too long. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, I'll guess. 
Right, well, that was a lot less painful than last week. So, time now for the answers. I hope, well, hopefully, if you're playing a lot at home, you've written them down or you just remember them. Here we go. So, question one Who won the 2018 Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship? That's, of course, Tommy Fleetwood. Yep. Tick, tick. Question two Who has won the most Abu Dhabi Golf Championships? Elliot? I went for Martin Keimer. Correct. Good. Snap, as did I. All right. In what year was the first Abu Dhabi Golf Championship? Right, I've just seen the answer to this. It was nowhere near 1988. No. You're thinking of the Dubai Desert Classic, yeah. then, aren't you? They obviously didn't I start at the same time. I said 2001, but the answer is 2006. Nice. However, I have just seen that. I've somehow managed to get the next one right. So, makers of flushable wipes for adults, what is the name of the brand Jason Duffner has just signed with? It's Dude Wipes. Yeah. Mmm, lovely. Uh, question five. Stuart Sink has just signed for Ping, but can you tell me what year he won the Open Championship? That was 2009. Uh, question six. Matt Kuchar won the Sony Open last week. How many PGA Tour titles has he won? Nine. Nine. Yes, I somehow remember that. Um, question seven. Who is the current leader of the FedEx Cup? Was it Charles Howell III? No, and I put Matt Kuchar, and the answer is Xander Schufley. Oh. Question eight. Patrick Harrington was recently named European Ryder Cup captain for 2020, but can you tell me where the event is being held? Whistling Straits? Yep. Great course. Oh, I've just no. seen I've got the next one right. Uh, how many victorious Ryder Cup teams has Harrington been part of as a player? Four. Yes. I thought you might get that wrong. That's annoying. No, he's been on six teams. He's won four. Yep. And the final one was, what year did Charlie Hull win her first Ladies European Tour Wait, title? I think we're equal here, aren't we? Oh, are we? Hang on. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, we've both got seven, so it comes down to the final it's one. It's down to the last one. So, I put 2016. I put 2015. And the answer is 2014. Oh. So, it's a draw. Seven all. Uh, we'll count as a, I'm going to have a point there, because I want to go off the mark. So, Point each. Point each, so 2-1 to you for the uh, year ranking. For much better quiz, well done, Sam. Proud of you there. Uh, I think quite a few listeners will have beaten us there. So Very possible. It shouldn't be hard with my golf knowledge. If you did better than that, let us know. Indeed. So, as I said, next week I will be out in Orlando for the annual PGA uh, merchandise show. So Elliot won't be here, although he will be editing it still. So thanks for that, Elliot. Um, and I'll be there with another member of the Golf Monthly team. And amongst other things, we'll be looking to back at uh, the weekend's action but also previewing the Dubai Desert Classic and also the Farmers Insurance Open which is being played at Toy Pines and maybe might have someone quite exciting in the field do we think Tiger's going to be there or not? Well um, we'll find out by Friday so if you're listening to us at the weekend check back on the Golf Month yeah. website another big announcement today is that Roy McElroy will be playing in that event for the first time oh well there you go so that's 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 good to see Rory teeing up. But, well, to find out, if you want to know uh, any more about that event and any other events, do check out uh, the Golf Monthly social media channels. That's Golf Monthly Magazine on Facebook, at Golf Monthly on Twitter, and at Golf Monthly on Instagram, as well as the Golf Monthly YouTube channel and golf-monthly.co.uk, which is, of course, our website. If you are uh, listening to us via you, your regular podcast provider, do also remember to subscribe and then you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. Elliot, it's been a pleasure as ever. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well played in the quiz there. Indeed. Good, good half. Indeed. I'll take it. And we'll uh, speak to you again next week.